0: For all you relatively new listeners, you're going to get a real treat today, because every once in a while, I get to welcome my co-host here for my special guest co-host, I should say, for this week to talk some Star Trek. So he's back, and and he's angrier than ever, probably, Tyler <laughs> Vance. Uh,
1: yeah, that does Kylo, seem to be the upward trend.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just, I took a shot in the dark there. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. What we're talking about today, there's some fascinating things to discuss. Yeah. And I don't know. I actually don't know your feelings on this overall, except what I can gather from the message response you sent me when you finished <laughs> that you went, what did you say? Said several bottles of wine later. Something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. You, finally you know, yeah.
1: We we don't really know enough about my watching habits. That could just be. Maybe I just have a problem. Maybe it's maybe it's not it's nothing to do with Picard and its quality, which be-
0: suddenly becomes not funny. Um, yeah. And yeah. we go down one minute and fifteen seconds into this, and we go down a path that we don't know where to get out of. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things. A no that... win scenario. <laughs> well, some some Trek fans will know that we don't believe in no win scenarios. <laughs> um, now, one of the things that we're going to do today, the main mm. thing we're going to do today, is we're going to yeah. talk about Star Trek Picard season three. We're going to wrap up our conversation that really started weeks ago with a fan who wrote in. When I say a fan, I mean several yeah. who wrote in and wanted us to review the pilot. We reviewed the first three episodes and said, OK, we'll come back to it. But just at the end, I didn't want to do like chunks of episodes because I suspected we were, we were heading more downhill than we were anywhere else. Mm. Part of my problem with today and why we may let the conversation go in a lot of different directions is I'll, I'll kind of, you know, spoil a little bit my feelings um, mm-hmm. by saying this. But part of the issue I have with today is mm-hmm. I don't know if I felt more like, disinterested in a topic on this show before than than this one not like i i finally kind of am starting to understand the the old saying that like there's a thin line between love and hate Mm
1: -hmm. you know how like that was
0: a big thing and always when i was younger i was like that's dumb like you know you can but but i think it takes a certain amount of caring about something to hate something yeah so i think my viewing experience of this was if if you li- like listen to the last episode people say that I that I'm always like hating on on new Star Trek the last episode I think I was pretty positive yeah overall maybe even hopeful there might have been a glimmer of Jean Roddenberry's <laughs> joy in my in my eyes thinking the future could be bright
1: you have to look real deep into that iris but you could see it in, but you in could somewhere it. deep in there yeah it was in there yeah.
0: and I then as the as the season wore on, I have to be really honest. I I just got more disinterested mm-hmm. and moved away from hate into I this matters not at all, and I I don't care and complete and utter just whatever the word is. You know, I I, I don't even know if there's a word strong enough that I just. Eh. All right, like I had to binge the last two episodes to get through it. Like I had to sit down. I had been putting off, putting off, putting off, and finally I sat down and said, "Nope, I'm going to watch them back to back right now, and I'm just going to finish this." Yep. And when I got finished, I, I was like, "Okay,
1: there we go. There He's you done. have it. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs>
0: over um, until the after credit scene." Um, uh, yeah, What but... we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. Too. So I don't know. I just. I think I, I had some issues overall that we'll talk about of things I didn't like that I'm still mm-hmm. passionate about. But I have to I have to admit to you, as we're about to enter this, this long journey today, I I don't care.
1: You're it's almost like you're you're tired. You've done this so many times, you're getting yeah. up to bat again, and you feel like the fans want it. They want you to go through this one final chapter. <laughs> but do you do you really Like, I guess, I guess I will. I guess I'll do it it, for the fans. But then sometimes, you know, when you're just doing it for the fans, you have to wonder at the other end, why did we bother doing this at all?
0: (laughs) Well, and what makes, what made the biggest emotional outburst I had in watching this series Mm -hmm. was when the already mentioned and teased after credit scene happened. Yeah. And I went, what's this? What's going on? (laughs)
1: Okay. Why are we? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? What?
0: And then I just sighed. I'm like, I have another show. I'm gonna have to <laughs> give a shot to, aren't don't I? Like it's it's just this almost acceptance of, oh, okay. <laughs> like yeah. I get. I guess I guess we're setting up a crew for something, and I'm gonna have to watch the first episode because I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't know if am I strong enough. To just be like, oh, Star Trek blank, I'm not I'm just gonna ignore its existence. Because I've at least tried all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's if you see if it wasn't like admittedly I'm in a weird place because if it wasn't for being on this show, I probably never would have watched Picard, just like I never watched Discovery and have yet to still watch Strange New Worlds. Um because I've I kind of just was able to ignore new Star Trek and very like, well like that's fine. You 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 play in your fun little like Camera lens flare s- sandbox over there. I'm just going to sit over here and uh, and just think about my old Star Trek movies. I got to go see the undiscovered country in uh, on the big screen yesterday, so that oh, was a really uh, a highlight. It was quite that's good. Great. It was a uh, it was an interesting juxtaposition because yes, on Friday is when I did my my double decker finish for Picard in the last couple of episodes, um, and it was just an interesting juxtaposition between these two things. It's something I care so adamantly about, but that's old and is like stationary and can't really like change anymore and this new iteration of it that is still permutating and still going forth and i feel like i should be invested in it but i'm just not and so when my wife asked me at the end of the like so what did you like hate it i'm like i don't really hate it it just kind of made me hate myself <laughs> <And that> was... <laughs> wow <laughs> just, what, a, what a statement to say so calmly <laughs> it's just really annoying that like every time the show tried something new I was like oh, I don't really like that and every yes. time it did something old I was like that's kind of more doing it for me but I yeah. feel like I don't want to be that person But
0: it, that's the thing it, it's more I, I yes I get because that is essentially what it is the new stuff doesn't work mm-hmm. the old stuff works and yeah. that's because like these writers don't know how to write. And that's what I'm starting to to really realize that even though the showrunner of this season was clearly more of a Star Trek fan and probably Mm. actually watched the episodes and knew what was going on, they, they couldn't ignore enough what came before. So you had too much of the Alex Kurtzman first two seasons that didn't work looming over this series even though they tried they tried so hard to forget about it to the like things like they it completely ignored the second season because of the borg stuff in this yeah one. they completely ignored season two completely um so it just it it you don't want to be like that but i don't think that's the reason i don't think you or me are just stick in the muds who just want our old thing and we can't have anything new i i Really can appreciate and enjoy the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. That's some, true.
1: Those are good movies.
0: Some more than others. And it's different. Even the Star Trek film. Even Star Trek movies and the TV shows are a little different. They're not yes. quite the same Star Trek. It's a little bit different. I can I can adjust. And I can do that because the characters are, are like taking you along the journey. And you start to understand. Like it's the character you recognize. The situations are just changing. Mm-hmm. And this series gave us, like, I'm sorry that I have to be a little, like, uh, blunt here. This series is like, okay, here are some senior citizens who yeah. are doing a kind of what you liked about them before. Like, you'll recognize them and you'll be like, oh, this is comforting. I see them. And here's a bunch of new children who suck. <laughs> and the only good characters were either going to give them very little screen time or an unacceptable death. And that to me is the is the problem. They they keep saying they keep being like we're going to double down on Raffy. We're going to double down. <laughs> we got people love Raffy. We got to do stuff with Raffy. And so even 7 where yeah. they did a little like at least they tried to give her kind of an arc this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still I'm like I don't understand why you are here specifically.
1: Yeah. I think she's there because she's the favorite from Voyager. Like that's the the legitimate reason why she's there. Agreed. um Hey, she's great. Yeah, she's great. But she's I'm going to say
0: I'm going to say something else here. With mm. all the complaining and whining that people have <clears throat> about her, like wardrobe and makeup mm-hmm. and stuff from from Voyager, they yeah. did a better job in those episodes with her than they did here. So. Maybe wardrobe doesn't actually matter. If you have good writers, you can do something good. Seven of Nine was way more interesting on Voyager, and nothing to do yeah. with what she looked like. It has everything to do with the way she was written. Mm-hmm. Like I, we talked about this a little bit last time about how Raffi's like gone through the same arc three times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Seven of Nine. I guess like this was sort of you know I I kind of liked the little moment where 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 she was sitting there with Jack and they were mm-hmm. looking at the ships.
1: Yeah, they're reminiscing. They're basically yeah. doing what we do as fanboys of Star Trek. Like, yes. oh look, it's from it's from Voyage Home. <laughs> yeah, 100%. They were
0: doing exactly that, and Jack's like, he's he's basically doing exactly what you're saying. He's pointing out where these ships are from, and yeah. what I liked about what she said about Voyager was saying how you know they were they were they were my first family. I, I yeah, don't remember I- my parents. They were my hmm. first family, and I've been spending most of my adult life trying to find another family. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, okay, great. Do something with that.
1: Well, and I think the thing they do with that is that that is in a strange way, like applied not necessarily to her. It's applied as a, like a one sentence thing to her, but it's more often than not applied to the TNG folk to recognize that like, <laughs> yeah, these men and women are kind of the same, that they they had this family. Mm-hmm. They were together for such a long time. And they split ways and they've never really found that same level of connection ever again. And so we're watching them kind of come back together to reestablish what they what they had kind of lost before. And then maybe go for it now, recognizing how precious it is so that they can preserve it um, moving forward, which, you know, is interesting, is good. But it's it's I always find it so hard in these shows because there's so much content that happens and it's not until like way later that you're able to draw these connections of like, oh, like that's kind of like what that was. So it does, it never like sparks a, uh, like a moment of recognition while you're watching it. You have to wait for like days later for your brain to finally make those connections.
0: Which to me speaks to not great storytelling. You should yeah. be able to. I mean, I, I get looking back and reflecting on things, and the deeper you cut into something, the more there is. Mm-hmm. This to me just seems like it's so surface. Yeah. And everything's so simple that I don't do the exercise that you just talked about mm-hmm. right. because I'm like, well, <laughs> I could dive more deep into this, I guess, but there's probably not going to be a because that's what New Trek has
1: taught me. Yeah. Or I could walk outside and enjoy my life. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or
0: I could just leave and do <laughs> something else. Like I think after I, I, took a break from i was telling taylor last week that i've been kind of revisiting and binging old shows um that mm-hmm. i thought end well like even if there's a little bit of the dip like their ending was really good like almost honestly in in thematically to prepare myself for star trek picard season three because i actually thought we'd get more of an actual ending um so mm-hmm. i i literally took a break i was watching new episodes of the marvelous mrs Maisel. Which mm, just yep. came back for like its final season, so I'm watching new episodes kind of weekly. But I, I had to catch up on a few, so I watched a couple, and then I'm like, "Oh, I really got to watch Star Trek Picard." So I finished Star Trek Picard, and then I watched. I just went back to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel <laughs> as if I, unless it was part of the binge. <laughs> like, I was like, well, like,
1: glad that's over now. Yeah, binge. <laughs> <to> no, the- <laughs> exactly.
0: Because the way this always happens on this show, and it actually honestly it makes me feel sad. You, you have a way of making these connections and explaining this to me in ways where I'm like, well, that sounds great. Like, (laughs) I wish I had that. Like, I wish I had that movie or that show or that whatever. But Mm. instead, I have this really poorly execution thing where I think you watched it on Friday, and then went out on nature hikes on the weekend and contemplated it and finally came to this conclusion after a long time. You know what? I can make this work. I can make it work. And you know what? This is my problem. This is what new Star Trek is missing. It's someone like you. They're missing someone to be like, here's our script. You to read it, feel bad about it, go away for a weekend, and come back and be like, okay, here are the big connective tissues and we have to point these out more. Like, honestly, that's all I would need to because Star Trek Picard season three was at least closer to like TNG movies, at least than than anything else that has come before.
1: So that's the thing that I was kind of interested in that, like, I think I was watching this at the beginning, like a TV series and like connecting it to TNG in that way and it's the wrong thing to do you have to really like I have to recognize that like this series is really a continuation of the TNG movies this is yeah this is exactly exactly and it's and in that case like this is probably way better than if this was like actually trimmed down into a movie but still made with the same level of craft and care it probably would be better than both Insurrection and Nemesis oh Um, I agree with you it would it would
0: become probably my second or third favorite next gen movie Because you're right, you could trim out some of the things we don't like and have a pretty concise, it might be a long movie, but still a pretty concise, interesting story that's probably a better send-off than what Nemesis was.
1: Yeah, and it's... You know, it's one of those scenarios where like the things that we've complained about is like in the TNG movies for forever. Some of them, they are course corrected. Like one thing is that we have this realigning of the character connections where like the importance of the Data-Geordie friendship is finally put front and center for a lot of things. Those are literally the only scenes in this mo- the show where I think I had any sort of emotional reaction is watching those two characters, like and Jordy La- Data and Geordie uh, LaForge, actually like interacting with each other again. Um, yeah, we'll talk and is like and i find is like and i was like kind of like okay like this is nice is like and then we had like it's like dan and Riker had some good yeah. conversations about their like their relationship and how they their relationship had fractured slightly after the death of their son and i thought that was very well written and then even picard and Riker now have like i can feel more of a connection to them here than i could in any of the the latter tng movies so you can see them trying to realign in that way and dedicating time to that but yeah as you were saying like that moment where Seven of Nine is talking about a home, she's talking to Jack about that. And then mm-hmm. Jack is supposed to be t- having that moment of recognition for himself that he's never felt like he has a home that needed to come back where he it was like when he could be talking to Picard about something with like Enterprise D mm-hmm. and have that connective tissue between those three aspects of the theme so that they, it's the, the show is drawing those lines for you. Yeah. As opposed to, as you said, me on a nature walk, like expending a ton of glucose <laughs> yes. that I don't need to is my brain is desperately trying to find a way. How can I love this? <laughs> exactly. And that's, but, but, but
0: that's what we do. Like as Star Trek fans, that's what we do. That's why so many <laughs> reviews come out. Like I think it was second season, like midway through, just about when I stopped watching yeah Uh, star trek picard in the second season where i was reading like fan reviews and someone was like i cried butterfly tears and it made me want to like throw up like like, what do you (laughs) like you just want to love this so bad that you're trying to find any emotional connection that you can and what i will say about the characters is i i think across the board they did a better job than i've seen in new trek of explaining changes over time that certain mm-hmm. characters can have, making that make sense to who they were before and having them sound more like them. Yeah, Like with, with, a, with a few small exceptions, there, there were many moments where Picard is talking to Riker, Picard is talking to Jordy, to even Worf and Riker are talking, where I can close my eyes and say, yep, that's them. That yep. sounds like them. Like, I even like the fact that, yes, of course, Worf, who's always, you know, who grew up among humans, struggled a bit with with anger and strength and what to do with it. him trying to go a more pacifist way, but keep getting drawn back into the w- way of the warrior, makes sense. Like, I can mm-hmm. understand that. I can get it. I end up getting so bogged down in the things I don't like that it's hard for me to fully enjoy it because I, I would be, if this was a short movie, I would be leaving there being like, well, Hey, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Wasn't great, but still, still, you know, still pretty good. It was nice to see these characters again. They did a good job of bringing it back. I even liked the reasons for the nostalgia. They, they tried to find reasons to see old things that we knew again. And I liked that, that, that they made that attempt and I'll give them that credit. I just can't. I have a hard time getting over certain things, mm-hmm. and and one of those, honestly, is this back and forth on is is like, does Brent Spiner want to play Data or not? That's that I just I want to know because it seems like he's confused and everyone else is confused mm-hmm. because he was too old to play Data. That was his yeah. whole thing. He didn't even yeah. want to do uh, uh, instruction. Yeah, I'm too old to play Data. Even though, wouldn't wouldn't you have accepted, as a Star Trek fan, if we got into the third movie, maybe it's like, whatever, maybe it's Insurrection, but well, whatever. And there's a, just a scene near the beginning of the movie where Geordi, like goes to to visit Data in his quarters, like happened on the show all the time. And he walks in and Data's like, aged himself. And, mm-hmm. and Geordi's like, Data, why do you look so different? And he's like, well, uh, my crew is aging. I feel like it's more comfortable if I age with them. And you could do something with that and talk about, you know, that that actually might point out to us that we're aging and humans don't generally like that and the problems of it. Like you could have done that and you probably would have accepted that. Yeah, it would have fit
1: well in both Insurrection and Nemesis because both of them are about kind of endings and aging and like versus youth. So there
0: you go. 36 year old idiot just solved your problem. And these brilliant (laughs) writers in the 90s couldn't come up with that. That took me five seconds to think of because there was already an episode where Data tried to give himself a mustache because yep. all his crew was growing facial hair. So he's like, well, I'll give myself a mustache. I look distinguished. And it was ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've already established that. So I get it. You're, you, for nostalgia reasons, we got to find a reason to get Brent Spiner playing Data again. We have to do mm. that. So they come up with this thing where i even i liked the data and lore confrontation in the mind yes what i yep. don't like and don't understand is still what is the rationale of the old man body like why didn't they motion capture or or have just like a generic looking body or whatever that the brent spiner is voicing as opposed to having to physically be be there mm.
1: yeah yeah i Those guess are my questions <laughs> those are good questions um i found like the whole data thing to be probably like the most shoehorned in part of it like you know it's in in the span of like you know the first i think five episodes it's really just like three of the main tng people and it yes. makes sense that those people are there um and then in the span of the next episode we managed to collect everybody else You're pretty um, fast yeah <laughs> pretty fast and it's like okay we're just gonna pop over here to get Jordy. it's like all right and then we're gonna come back here and look we found data but. Uh, all right and that was, it was like before you know it we have everyone again and actually like,
0: what we found was the crow from data's dream and professor moriarty
1: before Data, and the um was like uh, was it pop goes the weasel is it was like whistling oh, the whistling yes yeah. yes
0: and and a tribble but that was not explained
1: no that was just the tribble it was like yeah. a <laughs> <The> tri-
0: <laughs> a very angry tribble actually but i guess because wharf was there that was the whole I, the joke
1: it's always made me wonder if this portion, like if what we're seeing in Star Trek Picard is actually in like the Kelvin timeline. Is like, um, And what that Tribble is, is like the weird like bring back to life Tribble from Star Trek Into Darkness.
0: I think we are still in the Prime timeline only because I, I'm pretty sure I remember someone asking this mm. of the show creators and they said, no, 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 all the shows are in the Prime timeline. Calvin right. timeline is only for for our our movies, and the TV is going to be in Prime. That's the only thing I can figure. Because I also, yeah, I thought Tribbles were kind of extinct. Although they're not, because in that Deep Space Nine episode, they accidentally mm-hmm. bring back Tribbles.
1: Oh, okay. Tribbles are
0: bad. So, so that does make sense. I have a list, the only list I could get my brain to do, of things that don't make any sense. That's not That wasn't on it, because I think that's how I justified it. But I do have a list here. Maybe we'll save it for closer to the end. But I, I wanted to just, in, just in Star Trek universe alone, yeah. the things that they just chose to ignore. Uh, aside, and this is not even stuff that they just ignored in their first two seasons. This is just other things
1: that were established. Yeah. But it is definitely like, you know, they go through all this trouble, like... In a lot of ways, I feel like this is what they should have done from the very beginning. This is clearly what people want. They want yes. all of them back together again. And I'm like, and you know, when I say people, I say it as if it's not me, but even myself, like when they're as jaded and bitter that I am is like when they're all together in that ready room for the first time and forever. I'm like, that's warming some part of the, the void that I, really? I thought was, was yeah removed of everything. You, so but you, heart.
0: you did feel that though, like you, the nostalgia did, did get to you.
1: Yeah, like not a lot, but like yeah. enough that it's like that at that point. I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes, sort of thing. And then they didn't really do as much with it as as I would hope. But yeah. Like I I've, I felt like overall this process I felt I feel very similar to you in the way that either I had moments of highs where I'm like, oh, this is great. I had moments of really intense lows where I'm like, oh, I, this is very bad, and I don't want this in my Star Trek. And then I the rest of it was just the general malaise of indifference, where I was kind of like, mm hmm. Well, that uh, yeah, that might as well happen. That might as well happen. <laughs> yeah. It... yeah. I mean <laughs> there's a lot
0: that happens. That's the thing. Like yep. we're almost halfway through the episode, and we've bit be- pretty much just talked about feelings. General vibes. Um, and most of it is complacency and and uninterested. So so let's Which, which let's... does
1: not make for good for good podcasting It's So
0: funny because I'm just. I am so tired with <laughs> with this stuff. Where I, I'm almost. I'm almost like you know what, Tyler, take it away, um, and I'll just sit back for the next half hour because I don't have much else to, to contribute to this. But I just think that shows you where my mindset is with New Trek. As much mm-hmm. as I unfortunately, there's a small part of me, very tiny, that says, oh, Seven of Nine's going to captain the new Enterprise with Picard's son and and." Jordy LaForge's daughter on it. Maybe I'll watch that pilot. Like, like that's literally there's a part of me that's like, and and I say it's a small part, but like, lo and behold, there I will be sitting down, turning on Crave, watching Star Trek G or whatever it's going to seven seven G. It's right? G. I yeah, G, yeah, I G. That. They, okay, Star Trek Enterprise, whatever they're going to call it, because Q showed up, and I'm like, oh, Q's gonna oh. gonna do some stuff. Let's get let's get yeah. going. And and the thing is, the thing that makes me so mad. Two is I don't hate some of the new characters.
1: Like, no, actually, what? Jack Crusher's not actually that bad. Like, he's I, not when, bad. <laughs> when I, <laughs> no, when I went in, I was like, oh, this is going to be insufferable. And the actor yeah. and, the, and the writing for him actually yeah. did a really good job of doing that kind of like modern Gen Z thing where you ramble yes. your way through your anxieties. And I'm like, yeah, that feels very real. And it feels very like in keeping with a character that I haven't seen in Star Trek that I think belongs in this universe. So I'm down for
0: that. <laughs> he be- he's believable as Picard's son. Because yep. the other thing you have to remember is Picard, when he was younger, was a bit of a rebel all cocky. over the place. Yeah. And and Jack, to me, screams of like, oh, we're kind of getting to see what Picard would have been like, where yes. he we he's never seen. And I think the actor was well cast. I think, <laughs> yes, I do agree that, he, that the writing for him was pretty good. I think, to me, again, I, I'm... I would give the writing of this season like a way better grade than anything that came before. But again, yeah. still not that good. So I just think it's a credit to the actors that they they do a lot with, with what they're given. And he, he does a great job. And I also don't hate one of one of Jordy's daughters, and that's the one who's on the ship. Like yeah. I don't I don't hate her. I think the actor's quite good. And I <laughs> think that with her and Jack, and even Seven, who is still interesting, and you could do interesting things with her in a command role. I mean, Rafi's there too, but, <laughs> but three, three, 3 fourths of what I'm seeing, I'm liking. Where there's a, there is a part of me that's like, I I will give this a shot and and be hurt again by it being terrible. But again, they give they give enough where where you go. No. Well, maybe they could turn it around. Like maybe, because that they're keeping some of the good. Like they're not, you know, it's not, it's not all bad that they're keeping on there, right? They're doing some, some good.
1: Yeah, like I feel like in a lot of ways they did manage to go through and find of the new stuff that Picar sees, like Picard's series has created. They did manage to somehow pick out the best parts and shove them all onto the bridge of a ship together,
0: except for Shaw.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm so sad about that. Oh, there's like, no way he's dead. I really this is, hope.
0: This is new stuff. No one dies. Come on. <laughs> like, the, how many times have we brought everyone back? Like, Picard's not even in a human body.
1: Um, that's okay. That's true. It's like that now, is one of those scenarios. Like, the, the, the prosthetic body, sort of, or the, the positronic <laughs> body is like pretty much like the, the life tribble from Into the Darkness. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, then why does anything matter ever? Because yeah, you can to bring people it? back to life.
0: <laughs> well, and now he might be dead uh, canonically, but I don't think, because there are rumors we're getting a Shaw centered show. So I don't think you've seen the last him. So maybe, yeah. maybe in terms of it'll be, a, a you know, from the past or something, but I don't, I don't think you, yeah, come on. Like you, you're going to see everyone again. Yeah, um, I guess
1: you're right. And speaking of which, like, I was like, kudos to you for calling the Shaw reveal of him being associated with, um, yeah. the, like the Borg distortion thing. And surprisingly, I didn't hate it.
0: I, I was partially right. I thought he'd be younger. Yeah. Um, he was a crew member. So I guess, I guess he was saying like, he was like early twenties or whatever. So I guess that kind of yeah, makes sense. He was so, an ensign. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I thought yep. he was a little younger than maybe. He was. there So he's an ensign. And so, yeah, that, that actually I didn't hate because when you're young, you're yeah. stupid and you would hold grudges in a way that's unhealthy. So, yeah. so everything about Shaw that I had said that was potentially negative last time, completely erased it. I'm now hundred yeah. percent thing. Oh, you made it make sense. You made his childish behavior. Makes sense in the character. It works mm-hmm. for the drama of the show, and it showed you showed us exactly why. Because when he was young and dumb and had a lot of emotions, something horrific happened to him, yeah. and he's held that grudge forever. Um, and I think they did a great job, and they they should not have killed him off. Um, no, he he should not he should not have gone because he was one of the hopes of being like you could still give. Seven, her own ship, you could have him go somewhere else. You could still have done all of that. But he was the one where I thought, okay, here you are giving us a couple new characters, Jack and Shaw, and I think it's Sidney LaForge, who who I'm somewhat interested in seeing again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I honestly think that you, like, I think they shouldn't have killed Shaw. I think they should have kept him on the bridge, because can you imagine how much more fun that dynamic would be of, like, having him and Seven of Nine be, like, the command duo Yes, of like the. the I've watched that show. Watch I would that watch show. that show in a if, heartbeat. If <laughs> Shaw is the captain,
0: and Seven is still the commander, and the two of them are button heads all the time. And you've got Jack and Sydney and this crew together. I would watch that. I would. I would oh, yeah. be there because Rafi honestly is a sore thumb in the middle of this. I don't understand why they keep. Going back to her, like, what is it that she contributed that all the other characters you got rid of and forgot completely didn't contribute to the series? Like, I don't, I really don't, she didn't really have much of a role. Like, honestly, she had slightly more of a role in this season than Picard's Romulan lover, who I guess we're forgetting about.
1: Yeah, that's the funny thing at the end of this. And they're like, oh, and then they all go back to their lives one year later. And I'm like, so I guess Picard is not going back to that. His (laughs) His <laughs> the partner then Is yeah. that that's just not a thing that's happening just
0: sitting in his vineyard like not knowing what's going on
1: well well i think she moved right like the idea is that they were like they were packing up the vineyard because he was going to move with her to some new position she had somewhere um and then i guess she moved and he said yeah i'll come find you and then just like didn't it's like that's kind of what the implication is <laughs> Wow,
0: <laughs> Picard just stiffing everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. I, I completely forgot about that. I missed that. And that's, yeah, that's one of the things that <laughs> about this show is there's definitely things that I either missed or wasn't explained properly. And I did not remember that from, from the pilot. That was such a short scene that she was in it for. Yeah. So I, I didn't think that that was, that was part of it.
1: Well, yeah. And then there's also the... So like it was weird because like the last time that we finished off on our as like, our chat, we just finished was episode three, which was by far, I think, my least favorite episode in the entire entirety of the show. Yes. Um and I as I and it was that feeling just as the Titan was sinking into this abyss, I'm like, oh no. I'm going to have to sit through seven more episodes of this show and it's <laughs> gonna be like this and terrible. And so in that way, I was very impressed by the fact that episodes four and five. Were probably my two favorite of the series and maybe like highlights for star trek in general over the last decade where you have that like them like coming up with this strategy for how to get out of the nebula that's like mm-hmm. it kind of like in in keeping with old star trek but there's also kind of like tying into riker's like emotional state of like sinking into an abyss of depression and then yes. like coming out the other end and finding new life and finding like a new like lease on it like all of that stuff was very poignant for me i thought it was very good And we moved into like episode five after that, where Ensign, well, I guess now she's like, what was it like Lieutenant Commander Rowe is now, he comes back. And um, this was another one of those scenarios where like they're doing it. I'm like, Oh, come on. And yet, and yet some of the stuff they were able to pull out of their actors and their interactions between the two. I was kind of like, all oh, right, right it was like another like Jack Crusher like we had a baby oops we had a baby between Picard and, it's like, and mm-hmm. Beverly and I'm like ugh and then their conversation was actually like good acting and some like interesting plumbing the depths of like emotion and I'm like okay well I guess I don't like that you did it but if you had to yeah. do it you probably did it in the best way I think you could
0: <laughs> yeah like it That that was a hard scene to wrap my head around how I feel about it because the acting was very good yeah, um, they they did do a good job, both of them. And I mean, they're both I mean, Patrick Stewart. Come on, like he's he's a yeah. world class actor. We know this. Um, uh, Michelle Forbes, who's who's gone on to do many, many things mm-hmm. um, is is also an excellent actor. So I, I think that saved it a bit for me, because especially when she showed up, I was like, what are you doing? But they again, <laughs> they they did a better job working in why her than yep. they had in previous um, in previous episodes. So I think I think to me, to me, the show was able to like give you just a little bit, mm-hmm. just enough to be like this isn't a zero out of 10. This is <laughs> a slightly better than that and there's something here for you. And I think from from those episodes forward, yeah, I would agree. I'd say the middle part of the series I didn't hate. Yeah. The beginning had a good a good start, but was I was weaning around three. Yeah. I would say yeah, four, five, six. I was okay mm-hmm. with it, and then it did start to dip for me as they were trying to stick this landing a bit. Um, yeah, and there there were a few things like one. I I started to really get sick of the the fake. Villain that wasn't really the villain, but sort of yeah, Batic. Yeah, the- yeah, Bat-tick. I, I was starting to to lose my thread on her. Wh- whenever you start conducting a fake symphony all the time, it kind of starts to lean <laughs> on. Me.
1: Yeah, and it is one of those scenarios. Like as you start to go through, and you realize very quickly that like this isn't the main antagonist. And like while the antagonist has an interesting pl- like backstory that's connected to the Dominion War and like Starfleet's atrocities that were committed during that time. You can, you know, It's also one of those scenarios that you discover very quickly that our characters and this show have no interest in really like interrogating the morality of that, yeah. or, the, or the or the or if they have to atone. Like, I feel if this was a TNG TV's sh- episode, mm-hmm. like that revelation would change the way that they were going to try and handle like this, and they would find some sort of like path to reconciliation by the end of it, which maybe is unrealistic, but it, at least a little bit more like feels a little bit better than. Our heroes jettisoning this person who is a was like a, a victim of their war crimes out the front window and smashing her into a million pieces as she drops the f bomb. Like I think we 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 could have done better than that. <laughs> yeah, and
0: so let's if I can quickly quickly address that because that's on my list of things. We had actually established in Deep Space Nine that um, uh, shapeshifters don't uh, they don't breathe air. Yeah, um, and they don't have organs. And they actually can exist in space,
1: right? So maybe she's still out there.
0: No, she's. I mean, she, they 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 just ignored that. Was my point?
1: Like they they, they absolutely killed her. <laughs>
0: like that's what it looked like. <laughs> but what what I'm what I'm saying is that they just ignored the science of the world that mm. they built, which. Yeah. Tells you that that a shapeshifter can survive in space, so she wouldn't be dead. Now, now that you could have still had her just be pushed out, and it's like, well, what did, what are you going to do? <laughs> like you're falling through. But she wouldn't have frozen up like that. Like that. That's like she's not. She's not human. Yeah. Well, or, she's also not or, made of
1: water. So no, right. exactly. That, yes,
0: <laughs> scientist. <laughs> not, not not made of water. Exactly. That's exactly right. So that those things annoyed me a lot where they they just decide to ignore the science of the world because what i like so much about star trek is how they can build worlds. World building yeah. is really important to me in shows and movies and that's why i like them so much as i love diving into a world where you give me rules, you follow them and now you have to play in this this world. So when you ignore your own first two seasons, i don't let that get i don't let you get away with that. Like that yeah. i don't think you should. I think you yeah. have to be held accountable to to exactly what, what came before. Um, but she, like the actor did the best she could with what she had, but but I just, it really started to to go nowhere. And you're, you're right, the, way, the direction I wanted to go into was, okay, now let's talk about these atrocities that happened, which yeah. was hinted at in Deep Space Nine, and now we're coming back to it, which is cool. But they didn't do that.
1: Yeah, and it's especially when, you know, this is taking place on, like, supposedly, like, Federation Day. There is a, an uncomfortable parallel here between a real-world scenario where you have a population that atrocities were done on, and then they're just, like, they, they are angry about it. And then, meanwhile, the people who did it are just going around blatantly like, no, we're just going to have a great celebration about how great we are and how, like, where it's <laughs> like, it's so, so fantastic. And it's like, you're like... Ugh, that's gross.
0: (laughs) Wouldn't that have been then the interesting way to go, where you have this celebration coming up, and during this big celebration for the Federation, this series was all about that atrocity being uncovered? Yeah, and And then then, what do
1: our characters do? Yes. yes. Do our characters decide to try and like join the federation brass that's trying to hush it up or do they say like no this needs to be we need we need to reckon with this like that is an interesting star trek thing that wouldn't have allowed for as much whoosh boosh, bang bang shoot them up so that we don't do that
0: (laughs) yeah and that would have been old good star trek but people find that
1: boring i guess apparently yeah guess i guess that's what's happening we, we wouldn't have really got to see the enterprise d at that point then we wouldn't have got to see as like, a, as like a modern as like a version of cgi uh taking on the enterprise d um, and, <laughs> yes and that's yeah. what that's what we wanted
0: <laughs> um let's talk about that because i will say if they're going to bring back the enterprise d that is the way i would want i would want them to do to do it like in terms yes. of story wise they they did a good job of making that make sense
1: it definitely makes sense. Like and it's kind of funny to see Jordy as a like what his character has become, mm-hmm. where he is no longer like on the cutting edge of technology. He spends his time like in a museum looking at the past and re and like kind of like apparently spends what I must imagine is the majority of his time rebuilding from scratch this this uh, starship that it was so much of his like his youth. Which I kind um, of
0: like for him just because yeah. he becomes more of a family man, which is something that he always was kind of like searching for. Like, mm-hmm. it, like he wanted to fall in love and get married. And I kind of like that it didn't do the Star Trek thing from the shows where every time they go in the future, everyone's a captain. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. I like I he, he had a different path. Like that's like, and that kind of makes sense. Like Jordy's responsible for this fleet museum like that, especially if he wanted to settle down and raise a family that would be a job that he could still fulfill part of his life, but he's sacrificing like parents yeah. often do.
1: Yeah. And it's not like a bad thing for sure. Like, you know, no. it's to, to do it like to do it to spend your life doing that sort of thing. But I think it does clash specifically with his one daughter who is interested in going out there and exploring and doing mm-hmm. something that he's forgotten what to do. And they kind of touch on that briefly as like, as like, plot C in one of the episodes. <laughs> well, I wish um, they'd done that
0: more though. Because again, just listening to you describe it, I'm like, yeah, that, that would be a great conflict. Like what a great way to have Jordy have a conflict with the daughter, the new character, but for us to immediately get sympathy for the new character.
1: Yeah. Be like, yeah, we yeah, understand exactly. where she's
0: coming from because she, she's what you used to be like rediscover yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think they tried to do that. And once again, as I said, it was just like the third plot in an episode that was already <laughs> in because di- that was the same episode where we were introducing that data was still alive, that yeah. we were trying to figure out the stuff with Daystrom, that we stole a cloaking device, which apparently was still on this Klingon bird of prey, which no way would the Klingon High C- as a Council have allowed the Federation to hold on to this thing. It was like, also, like, Wasn't that ship at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, they probably just dig it. Not the ocean, San Francisco Bay. (laughs) Oh, San Francisco Bay. Okay. (laughs) Right, right. Because that's where they (laughs) landed for the win.
0: Anyway, I'm just, again. That was on my on my list. Actually, was the Klingon ship? Question mark Isn't that in the ocean? It's um. such a
1: funny thought in my head to have. Like in the future, there are like tours of people in the Federation that are like walking around the inside of the HMS Bounty from Voyage Home, going, and this is where they built the transparent aluminum tanks that <laughs> held the whale. And was like, well, the whale. Because-
0: it's one of those things, though, where you think of it, and it's like it's probably such an unbelievable story. Like people yeah. don't 100. Th- percent There would be comp- people not believing that it happened. Um, yeah, there's definitely
1: because... like a moon landing is fake. Like <laughs> yes. group of people who are like, no, Kirk never went back <laughs> oh, in time to get yeah, whales. That's just on. Federation that. <laughs> propaganda.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, and and I, yeah, I liked, I liked those aspects, and I feel like you're touching upon. Like, really, what I would say is if, if I were to have to, you know, go back to my academic days and write a thesis, it would be around, you just didn't go far enough for me. You didn't yeah. go far enough into the areas that I'm interested in to keep me beyond beyond the surface.
1: Yeah, you had so much plot you had to get through that you couldn't make time for the the thing that I really wanted, which is like the more thematic expression of these characters' futures um, and how it mm-hmm. links back to their past. Uh, like... And, you know, it is quite the plot they have to go through. They is like within the course of this thing, we are going from changelings to a transition to oops, surprise, it's the Borg. We have this, like, orga- organic Borg tech. And is like, um, that is apparently, like, inside Picard's head and is now being, you like, the transporters being used to instigate it in everyone else's brain. Like, I thought that that was actually a very interesting thing because we know how the transporter works yes. and how it has these kind of like redundant it's like aspects of coding that it just puts in for everyone. So it doesn't have to like go through that whole process all over again. And that was kind of like, that's ingenious actually like yes. a very insidious way to basically alter all of these people to actually get that to work. But like, that's kind of creepy. that's, that's, that's well done. Le- And
0: it's a new level to the space zombies, right? Like that's the idea yes. of the Borgs. They're space zombies. So them developing and spending time because they hate humanity, they yeah. them developing and spending time to develop a more organic biological way to attack the biology mm-hmm. that makes sense for evolution of, of a species and evolution of a race and evolution of a villain. Agree, like that's ingenious, that's great. New Trek just does have this thing where we're, here's one plot, but we got to give you 12 others, we got to yep. put a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. On a hat. With twelve suits, and that's obviously how you dress yourself in the morning, and it's yeah. just too much to to, to yeah. process. Where the thi- they end up glancing over and giving enough of the little stuff, where people like you and me are like, "Oh, that was such a nice little two-minute scene," but now we got to get back to the complex stuff because they think, "Well, audiences are social media, so we got to give, we got to do this in two two hundred and forty characters, and we got to go flash quick fifteen, like every we got to give fifteen plots." with five minutes is better than one plot for entire season because we won't hold people's attention. That seems to be what they think. And I I think that's not giving audiences enough credit personally.
1: Yeah. But that's my opinion. Yeah. Like it's, I think if they could have simplified that probably in a few ways, is and um, I think it would have been interesting. I don't think it needed to be changelings. Like that's another weird thing about it, right? Like the changelings is interesting aspect, but it ends up becoming a red herring, but effectively like, this this thing has so many red herrings that by the time we get to episode six, like you're like struggling to see anything for all of the red herrings that are flying all over the place. <laughs> it's like Portal Tech is like red herring. red herring. It's like a, um, yeah, under, Underground Crime Syndicate, red herring. Is like Changeling's, red herring. Like Changelings, he red herring.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even Jack Crusher, like even though he was somewhat the key, it was all about getting back to the poor queen and yeah. reaching him. Like that even, even with him stuffed like I know they did they did a better job than I expected explaining like the dreams and the little like he, him seeing the kind of red I don't know what you would call them like almost like branches when people Yeah, like them. vines or Yeah, whatever. like him seeing that code and like yeah. that I that I can at least understand okay, you did a good job of that but even still it was not the the end of the end of the end. like there was just more and more and more by the There's time we more. finally got to the poor queen I was kind of like okay, what's the and then who who's controlling yeah. her?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> we have to have a chat with all of the villains out there that if you're going to be doing something that requires like a single a signal to be sent out or some sort of like laser pulse, you need to have some form of backups. You need to have redundancy. This whole like it's all emanating from a single receptor that's in the center of the ship, like it's it's the 23rd century. Star Wars came out in the 1970s. We know what <laughs> happens this. when you do this. Yes. So. This. that was a very
0: that was not the only thing they borrowed from. Like they they very much borrowed the, that action sequence in the in the end of that episode from Star Wars. Yeah, straight definitely. up Star Wars. And at the beginning, they borrowed from Avengers, uh, Infinity War. The kind of like oh you know the opening. You see the stars and all we're hearing is a distress signal. Yep. in in the background and like this is, you're just ripping stuff off like you're not even being you're just trying to be, okay what do people like find all the stuff that people like and put them in here as much as you can and that's all you have to do and it and it just i guess that's where my where i do get angry and the emotion of it it's like that's not good enough for me like i'm not gonna let you get away with not get away with i mean i, I have no power here but i but for me <laughs> It's, it's like I won't let someone get away with, okay, it's just for nostalgia for nostalgia's sakes. And that's yeah. something we talk about in the show where people misunderstand. I'm not, a, I don't have a lack of emotions. I just don't believe that you can just show me something sad and make me feel sad. You yeah. have to give me context and build because yes, in real life, the things you're talking about are sad, but when you show it on a television show or a movie, I'm expecting some world building character development to, to earn it, earn my emotion. And they didn't. They didn't do it. Um, and I just. I don't. I, I don't want to get them away with. Yeah. Okay. They're playing poker at the end again. We saw this. Yeah. You, they did it better. This isn't better at all than than all good things. No. Like is that what they're trying to say? This is similar to all good things.
1: I think in a, in some ways it's interesting because you know at the end of all good things like kind of the takeaway for Picard was going to be like this is transient. This moment will end, mm-hmm. and we're going to go our separate ways. And we'll never really be as tight as we were here um it feels like the end of this one is kind of like and now they're all back together and they're gonna maintain their bonds forever and i'm like (laughs) i'm like i i just i think the emotional maturity difference between those two endings is very potent and obvious because anybody who's tried to keep a group of friends of more than let's say three people together for more than 20 years knows that that's just physically impossible like there's someone's gonna move to paris someone's going to get as they have a kid it's like people are gonna eventually start to fade off and you'll never lose them entirely it's like um until we all eventually lose everything entirely. But it's like, uh, you know, you'll, you, you have to deal with the fact that it'll never really be the same as it was. And that's okay.
0: This is such an uplifting episode of Screening
1: <laughs> This is such, I think, I don't know
0: what people are going to think listening to this. I honestly don't, because part of me is sitting here going, uh, do we, is this what we do every week? <laughs> like, is this, it's like, it's just, it feels, it feels so hopeless which i think is is almost the acceptance of of what you said really really um uh spoke to me there at the beginning of the episode where you're just basically saying you go ahead and have your new trek it's never going to be this this the the, what i wanted before i have my old stuff go take your new things and i think i'm finally starting to just accept that like i'm starting to come around to the same place i'm like okay make 12 star trek discovery seasons i'm not coming back to it anyway. Do whatever you want. Here's new Trek. It's not for me. I don't think it's. I don't think it's good. And I. I think it actually does more harm than good personally. But that's a discussion for another episode. Mm-hmm. But I just think that it's becoming so like clear to me that I've moved past New Trek. That I almost want to say, like, this is it for for screening at <laughs> Kingston for on New Trek. This is it. I don't want to come back to this ever again. I like it and it's- if we're ever going to talk Star Trek, I mean, you, uh, was it last episode at the end? Like, people don't hear our post-show talk, but you you were like, oh, here's like three ideas for Star Trek mm-hmm. episodes we could do, and I was more excited about those things than I was yeah. about about something new in, in the Star Trek world, and you think it would be the opposite. you think you'd want to get new stuff in, right? To be excited, oh, we got new things to talk about, see where things progress, move the story forward, but this is really the first time where I'm thinking, I'd rather just have the perfect thing I have because I know it's so good. Yeah, That'll I wouldn't do anything I... else.
1: And I think it would be a, it would be bad, like, you know, as I, I said at the beginning, like, it's like, you know, it's in taking a, a semi quote from Miles O'Brien. like, I don't hate you, Cardassian. I hate what you made me become sort of thing. Like, I don't hate you, new Star <laughs> Trek. Great. I hate the what you've made me realize about myself is that I don't really care for the new stuff. But it's not like this is the only thing in my life. Like, I like new things in many other areas, like new media, new movies, things that try something new. We have had many conversation on this show is it where basically I feel like my love of novelty in film has made me kind of blind to other problems that exist in that in that movie and I'm like I don't really care because I just want something new it's just in this area in a lot of this sort of nostalgia bait area like even the new Star Wars series that has started to come out and you can feel that there is like a global kind of either acceptance or malaise that's coming where we're kind of like OK, the initial thrill of being given our is like a shinier version of our childhoods again is mm. starting to wear off because yeah. it's like the it's like the, the first time you receive that present was probably for me was probably the Force Awakens is like right. that Star Wars movie when it came out. And despite that movie being like carbon copy of The New Hope, and I love that movie when it came out and I was like, this okay. is amazing. This feeling is great. And yeah. then everyone was like, look how much money that made. We need to give them that feeling <laughs> for everything. And, and everyone focused now. <laughs> on the
0: feeling and no surface beyond the feeling.
1: Exactly. And so now they're desperately trying to give you that feeling mm. with Star Trek, that feeling yeah. with, it's like with, I don't know, like wait until Firefly has some sort of like new it was like renewal. Like they're just all going to be doing this over and over again. And it got to get to a certain point where you're like, it's going to run out, right? Like we we need to move past this, correct? <laughs>
0: Well, you would hope so, but I, that's the thing. You're saying it, and I'm like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> like, I don't I just, know. <laughs> I don't know because here's the
0: problem: the last, the last um, Jurassic World movie, oh, made money.
1: Yeah, but it was not it made as much, less money it made, than they yes, thought it was it going, is, going it.
0: to. You're 100 percent correct, but it still made money. Oh yeah, and so that's I still went to see it. That's the problem. It yeah. still made money, and the money is the only thing that that they that they care about and it's it sucks because listen i in my job i struggle on a day-to-day basis of the different qualities and levels of art and sacrificing a certain amount of your art for big audiences marketing and all those various things and the basically the battle between Mm -hmm. between money and art and i just feel like we're losing it in in film in, in television we're, we're losing that battle because money is winning out over creating something amazing even though there's some great there's so many great shows out there and there's so many new things and the problem is i don't think there is great sci-fi yet mm. I, I i don't think we have found quite new sci-fi and fantasy little little sprinkles i think of it but I don't think we've quite found something something new that does a good job of giving us something that we maybe liked before and are trying to bring. It. I, the only thing I can think of is like Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, Where which is, uh, which is just by. nostalgia effectively as well. Totally. Just, it has a, has a different name, but it's like it's effectively built off so many things that have come before.
0: And that's probably <laughs> the only thing I can think of that's like slightly successful.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, especially in that like level, right? Like that big franchise builder sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like you you'll always have like interesting, like you'll have things like Alex Garland's movies like Ex Machina or sure. um, Annihilation, like these interesting one-off sci-fi things that really makes you think. But mm-hmm. yeah, we don't really have those kind of like big sci-fi franchises that aren't based off of a previous IP.
0: Yeah, no, we don't. Um so listen, I
1: I kind of want to not
0: talk about this anymore, um, and and I want to I want to talk about about new Trek with uh, you know no more and and just talk about old Trek, um, and some of your other interests. Uh, not today, but on in on on screen kicks in general. This is not the last we'll hear from Tyler Vance. Uh, yeah, I'm being yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is just where, for new Trek. There's just a few things Tyler that I I wanted to wait till you were on the show. Um, mm. and, and cause there's just a couple things here. One, this is a fan question that was mm. about you. So I Uh-oh. wanted to wait till you're here. So th- this fan wrote in and said, um, Tyler, are you the voice on Google dictionary?
1: I am not the voice on Google dictionary. Uh, if I am the voice on Google dictionary, I'm not being paid royalties and I'm very upset by it.
0: Okay. Cause <laughs> apparently, uh, you sound like. Google Dictionary, and so the, so this is this is from, this is from Ryan, by the way. Um, and Ryan continues to say that every time I need to look up a specific word and I want to know exactly how it's pronounced, um, I I hear that voice, and whenever it's a male, I think I think that's Tyler from Screening in Kingston. <laughs> English isn't actually my first language, so I use the app quite a bit just to get certain words that I want to make sure I'm pronouncing properly for work. And every time, I think it's Tyler from Screening in Kingston.
1: I love that. I really wish that I could, I could say that that was me. Is like, and that is like, I think I would be a little bit of a. Maybe I would be a a pretty good get for in screening in Kingston if I was the voice of Google Dictionary, but I'm not. I'm just. Be honest. Be honest. You wouldn't be here if
0: you were that voice of Google Dictionary. (laughs) You would not be on the show. Come
1: on. (laughs) I can either confirm or deny actions I have not witnessed.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, And then there's just one more fan question here. Lily, uh, who's written in several times, um, says um, Next time Tyler's on the show, I really want to know if he ever ended up watching any of Deep Space Nine. It's actually one of the Star Treks that I watched because my parents were really into it. So I actually watched most of Deep Space Nine when I was younger. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan myself, but it is a show that I did enjoy um, when I was
1: younger. I have not watched any of it yet, because I'm still stalled on Enterprise Season 3. <laughs> you haven't finished Enterprise Season <laughs> no, 3 yet? I haven't <laughs> yet. <laughs> Wait, there's still a
0: fourth season of that, that you know? Like, there's no. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: I'm aware of that. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. So they get, they, they, they're going to end this indie thing. Like, they're going to get out of The Expanse.
1: Okay. I, I I really hope you're right, but <laughs> I will make capacity. this. I am going to make this solemn vow right now that one I am going to get back on the Enterprise train so I can move through that so that we can like okay. cover that. Yes, and then after that, I will begin the process of watching Deep Space Nine um, and give it like the the real college try this time and truly like uh, be able to say if that was an unpopular opinion that was unfounded mm-hmm. or if it was if I stand by it and we will sh- yeah. we shall see
0: yeah there's there's actually quite a lot of people who really like deep space nine so i think oh yeah people are interested. It's... So many, sorry go ahead
1: so many no. people love it so yes many people yeah love
0: it. <laughs> um so last last quickly um just in like 30 seconds tyler just a fan did write in here um this one's from sean and sean just says uh i really am interested for your upcoming star trek episode whenever you can bring tyler back um what did Tyler think of the rest of the season? Um, so obviously they don't know what like what episode we were doing this for. So mm. um, this came through like a couple weeks ago, actually, even right. before the s- season ended. So Tyler, give us just your quick thoughts—thirty seconds overall. What did you think overall of season three of Star Trek: Picard?
1: I would say season three of Star Trek Picard is a roller coaster in many ways, shapes, or form. It is definitely a roller coaster in the way that it intends to thrill you. There's a lot of very interesting and, like, and intense action sequences that take place in this thing. It's also a roller coaster in terms of there are peaks of great highs and valleys of great lows. At the end of the day, though, I, I, I left the show kind of feeling like I'm happy that this is over. But I'm also happy that the people out there that are going to watch this thing and like get some sort of like comfort and closure for it are going to have it. But that's it didn't give that for me. It just made me feel kind of sad.
0: (laughs) And as Taylor says, go see some movies.